This episode of Testimony, a musician story presented by Soundseekers, California Bay Area rapper Miles Minnick shares his Christian testimony. Miles talks about being a teen dad, using and selling drugs, and the biblical roles of marriage being reversed. Additionally, he breaks down Ye featuring Wande, Glow Time, Show Out featuring Holvi, and WYT featuring No Big Deal and a four-song breakdown. I am Gayliga Brown, and this is Soundseekers Presents Testimony, a musician's story. Let's start with your first music memory, whether it be a song, a music video, like whatever your first music memory is. First music memory. Okay, so I was 14 years old at Great America. Okay, I remember you know, Great America, Paramount, Great America. Oh yeah, Great America, so the, uh, an amusement park. Uh, I was there with my dad, my dad's girlfriend, and my dad's girlfriend's daughter, who was like my sister. And we're walking throughout the park, and out of nowhere, there's like this mob of girls following us. Okay. Then I realized they weren't following us, they were following me. Okay. And then I discovered why they were following me. They were following me to get my autograph because they thought I was Lil Bow Wow. Did you yeah. have braids? Uh, yes, I did. I had braids. Okay. I had braids. So I was like, if this is the kind of attention rappers get, let me go ahead and start rapping. Let me just, you know, you know. So I was playing around, but I was freestyling throughout the entire amusement park all day, just rapping. And it was my first time doing it, mm -hmm. but I was persistent. And then I took it to school and then I took it into the booth. And that's really what started me rapping in general. Um, that was before I got saved, but that's really what got me into it. <laughs> so how old were you then? I was 14. 14. Okay. That's mm -hmm. great. So you're rapping. You never even rapped before, but you're sitting up here trying to play the role like you're Bow Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Everyone believed you even when they got close up on you. They're still like, Bow Wow, let me get your autograph. So when they got, when they got real close, they realized, okay. but I guess from a distance, they was, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Didn't think the story was going to go that way. <laughs> oh, of course not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. And so you were born and raised in the Bay Area of Cali? Yes, born and raised in the Bay Area, Pittsburgh, California. That is um, 20 minutes east of Oakland. Right on. Okay. And do you have any siblings? Yes, I have a sibling. I have an older brother. He is four years older than me. Um, he, you know, we grew up polar opposites. He was the sports superstar, you know, just killing it in basketball. And I was killing it in video games. <laughs> <laughs> video games. <laughs> well, you know, right now, I mean, that's a, a thing now. Like, people have made careers out of video games, so. Exactly. So <laughs> all the hate I was getting as a kid, you know what I mean? It can pay off now. It can pay off now. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay. So um, for those who aren't familiar with the Bay Area or Pittsburgh or anything um, in the proximity of Oakland, can you kind of describe that environment? How was it for you growing up? 
Yeah, so the, the Bay Area is like a gumbo pot mixed with so many different cultures. You could find Indian people here, Asian people from every different country, um, the, the Filipinos here. Like, there's a huge Filipino presence with the Filipino food, the lumpia. I go across the country, nobody knows what lumpia is or a Filipino. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but You're like, but, it's like a mini egg roll. I'm trying to explain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like a mini egg roll, real skinny, but it's smacked. <laughs> I love it. Um, and out here, the culture is, is so rich. Mm-hmm. It is so rich. The Bay Area is a birthplace of, of a lot of the things that people use every day. Uber came from the Bay Area. Facebook, Instagram came from the Bay Area. Um, a lot of different slang words, music styles came from the Bay Area that people try to take credit for. <laughs> but no, for me, growing up out here was everything. You know, I really grew up in the hyphy movement. You know, when E-40 and Tell Me When to Go was hot, I was in middle school. I was the, the little kid with the dreads, with the dyed tips, with the gold teeth, with the Mac R.I.P. Mac Dre hoodies, the big jabos, all of that. So I was engulfed in that. And, you know, even though, you know, I grew I grew in maturity and grew in Christ, the the residue of the culture is still in me in in the in the flavor way, not in the let me turn up and start a sideshow and do drugs but the charisma, the people out here have such a charisma, such a way, uh, individuality. That's what I can say. The Bay Area takes pride in individuality because out here, a lot of different things were created, but the country, the culture at large doesn't embrace the Bay um, with that reality. So there's a chip on a lot of people's shoulder out here. Like, man, it's the Bay Area, you feel me? (laughs) But the Bay shaped who I am. Absolutely. Right on. Okay. And so did you grow up at all in a uh, Christian household? That's a good question. So my dad would pray with us at night, but, you know, he'll take us to school, you know, listening to F the police, F the police, real gangster music. Um, So we were raised to be Christian but we weren't in church like that. Like when I was eight or nine, we would go, you know, maybe once a month, but it wasn't pushed heavy in the home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when, when did it flip for you? When did you actually give your life to Christ? Mm. That's a good question. So when I was 12 and my brother was 16, um, he went to this church camp and he came back from this church camp on fire. And I never told this story before. I usually get to like, you know, the big kaboom, but this is like where it started for me. He came back from the church camp on fire. He's given me and my best friend all the game that he received, all the revelations about the music industry and the, the evil works that's in the culture and all of that and how we should get closer to God. So I started to really listen and take heed and pay attention to the things that he told me uh, during that time, but I was still in the streets. And then my brother would chip away at me, chip away at me all the time. Like, don't do this. Why are you smoking? Why are you doing this? Can you know, try to coach me in the correct way. Um, So there were seeds planted in me, but it wasn't until I was 16 that I was in the middle of a smoking session um, because I was a pothead. Like I was really in the streets selling weed, smoking weed. So in the middle of this smoking session, one of my friends said, hey, bro, we should go to church. Okay. And it was, 
and it was a Wednesday night. Okay. So, you know, the youth groups or whatever. I'm like, boy, go to church right now. But <laughs> we are high, like nobody's business. What are you talking about? And he was like, no, you don't get it. We can go to the youth group and talk to the girls. I heard it be lit at new birth. I'm like, man, whatever. So I didn't want to go, but they drug me in there. And coincidentally, the youth group was closed that night. Okay. So we had to go into the sanctuary. Mm. And let me tell you, in the sanctuary, in service, I was the one on the edge of my seat. I was the one clapping my hands to the worship, reading the lyrics off the screen, singing to the songs. I was the one listening to the sermon, really honed in. Me being the one who didn't want to go is something that's captivated me for me to be able to really hone in in the service. And at the end of the service, mind you, I'm fresh off the street, fresh out of a smoking session. I don't know what none of this stuff means, but I know I'm feeling something I never felt before. So the pastor does an altar call. I didn't even know what that meant, but I just went to the front, like whatever this means, like I want it. And I closed my eyes, lifted my hands and the pastor laid hands on me and I fell out in the spirit and I felt the presence of God for the first time. As a 16 year old, I was on the ground weeping, crying my eyes out and couldn't move. And I got up and God took away one high and gave me a new one. And Mm. ever since then, like, I would go to that church every single Wednesday. I wasn't going on Sunday just yet, but I would go every (laughs) single Wednesday. Fast forward five years after that, I became the youth pastor in that same church. Okay. So yeah, New Birth really, really molded me for sure. So you walk into New Birth smelling loud. Well, we had we had some lotion and some cologne, eye drops. You know, we had the whole pack. You had the whole pack, <laughs> but, but the loud is usually right underneath the scents of mm-hmm. what smell good you put on. Mm-hmm. And um, but still, like because a lot of people feel like I can't walk in there because I'm high, or I can't mm. walk in there because I haven't gotten my life right. Mm. But regardless, you walked in as is came as you were, and God worked with that. I think I lost you. Okay. My internet went out, so my bad. Um, Oh, no, you're good. You're good. (laughs) So I I know, right? We're talking about, so basically people feel like they can't walk into church as they are, but you Mm -hmm. walked in as you were, and God worked with that. Yes, God didn't wait for me to be cleaned up in order for him to touch me. A lot of people think they're too dirty to approach God. They think they're too dirty for God to reach them where they are. But I came in as dirty as can be under the influence on weed high. And God changed my life in that state. Right on. Right on. Come as you are. Exactly. Come as you are. Okay. So... So you were running the Bay Area, just running the streets, um, selling weed. And what else? I know you spoke about um, being a, a father as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when was that? Was that before you walked into the church that day? Yeah. So I became a father at 15. Okay. Mm-hmm. At 15 years old. And, you know, that, that was an interesting experience for me. Like we would have our daughter at school, Mm. sometimes in class, you know, like the teacher teaching, holding the baby, like, so you see here, over (laughs) here, 
Like <laughs> the teacher was holding your baby. Like I'm telling you, we were just the school sweethearts. Like everybody would want to support us or whatever. Um, even though I was a knucklehead, we still won the hearts of the school faculty or whatever. But it was it was crazy because I was trying to be a you know a good dad and still being a kid, but the streets you know wouldn't let me go for a while. But that day after church. It's like the street life would just, it just began to to leave me gradually to where when I turned 18, 19, I'm completely sold out for Jesus, like right after high school. Mm-hmm. So uh, the mother of your, so da- your daughter is a teenager. Daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is the mother of your daughter, is that who you're married to? No. No. Okay. No. Yeah, I met I met my wife um, when I was eighteen. She was seventeen at New Birth. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about first, just like the mother of your daughter, because you were wilding in the streets, and then you come back on fire for God. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, nobody expected it. Nobody. And even now we joke about it because, you know, back then I was a knucklehead and she was, you know, the good one or whatever. And she's like, look, we done switched places now. And now you got it together. I'm out here wilding. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, nobody really expected it. So, you know, I went from this kid smoking. Hey, can you take me to go pick up some weed? To hey, can you take me to church? Because mm. she was a year older than me. She had a car before me. So she was taking me to church every week. You know what I mean? She wouldn't go in, but you know, she would take me. So it was a it was a whole switch up. I mean, how did that affect your relationship though? Whew. This is good. This is good stuff. These are good questions. So it it affected the relationship because you know, eventually the conviction would set in to where I can't do the same things I used to do anymore. And if I did do it, I would be sad after borderline depressed like oh what have i done because you know after you go to church you're on fire okay i'm not gonna do this anymore i'm not gonna do this anymore and then you're put to the test you know then after you do it it's like oh i'm a failure so it affected it it affected it a lot because you know i'm i was expected to be who i was but god was changing me and i was becoming something else you know Mm -hmm. Okay. So then now we have the transition from you're going to church and you meet your wife, Tina. Yes. Okay. So then how does all that play out? Because you still have your baby mama who's dropping you off at church. Well, well, (laughs) we skipped a few steps. Okay. So (laughs) I was a senior. So fast forward to senior year in high school. Um, I'm 17. She is 18 you know, the mother of my daughter, and she's going to college mm-hmm. uh, in our city, and I'm still in high school. So on our anniversary, I found out she was cheating on me mm-hmm. uh, with somebody from the college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it broke me tough. You know what I mean? But looking back, it's like, I seen I seen what God was doing because I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have met Tina and I wouldn't have pursued her. So I met my wife a year and a half after that. Okay. so she wasn't my daughter's mom wasn't taking me to church no more at that point. You know what I mean? 
getting there on my own or my dad, you know, would take me there. Okay. So then, um, what was it about Tina that had you pursue her? You know what I'm like? Ew. So I thought she was hecka cute, right? So what's crazy about, about our story is she was headed to her church on a bus. It was a whole different church. So in our area, there's two big churches. It was my church and Fellowship Church in Antioch. So New Birth, Pittsburgh, Fellowship, Antioch, right next to each other. So she was headed to hers. And the Holy Spirit told her to get off the bus and come to my church. Okay. Yeah. And then she gets in there. And then, you know, she sees a mutual friend of ours. So she's hanging out with the mutual friend. The mutual friend introduces her to all of our friends because we had a whole clique. Like it was like 20 of us at the church. You know, every Sunday we will go to Denny's after church or whatever. So first time I seen her, I'm like, oh, she's kind of cute. She's kind of cool. She had braces. You know, she's a white girl, but she's black at the same time. I'm like, okay, she's different. Um, then I offered to give her a ride to Denny's and I'm just feeling her vibe and everything. So, you know, in my mind, I'm plotting, like, okay, I'm going to get her number before she leaves. Okay. So I go in the I go in the bathroom, freshen up, straighten up the eyebrows, you know, get off the dust. I come out and then I see her in our mutual friend's car driving off. Mm. I'm like, you snatched no. her up first. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where are you? What is going on here? So after we leave Denny's, I'll call my friend, like, hey, look, can I get Tina's number? And then my friend was like, leave her alone. She don't want you. You're a bad influence. She is nothing. Like, she <laughs> came for me. Like, leave her alone. I command you. Like, it was it was tough. So I'm like, all right, God, if you want this to happen, mm-hmm. bring it back. Like, bring her back into my life. And he, he did. Okay. He did. Two weeks later, she commented on my Facebook status, um, asking for a ride to go to the college in our area. Because I was like, oh, I always sign up for my classes too late. Now I got to rush and do X, Y, and Z. She was like, oh, me too. Can I ride with you? And then, boom, it was over. (laughs) Okay. So, um, and I, I was watching your YouTube channel and you two have a video about basically like women kind of being the leaders, how things roles have flipped and reversed and women mm-hmm. are kind of more the leaders in the relationships. Mm-hmm. So it seems like she was more towards pushing you guys towards marriage mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. you were. Oh, this is a very controversial topic, which is why I've been treading lightly with promoting that particular video. But what's funny about it, that video went low-key viral on Facebook Okay. when I dropped into 2016. So I might resurface it somehow. But, you know, people today is offended. What do you mean? I can't be the leader. <laughs> you know, but, you know, for us, you know, we believe that, you know, the husband is the head. You know what I mean? And, and we're to love our wives how Christ loved the church, which is to be willing to die, you know, for our wife. You know what I mean? And um, I believe God has given the man me the responsibility you know to be the leader the provider the protector mm-hmm. you know and to cast the vision and the bible talks about you know the wife being the help me you know what i mean so for us oof, see we getting deep into the nitty-gritty so <laughs> i i knew she was the one so much that it wasn't even a formal proposal mm-hmm. two weeks into dating her i told her i said 
I'm going to marry you. And she was like, okay, let's do it. Uh, okay. Like, yeah, we just knew. I was 18, she was 17, but it was like, nah, like it was certain things happening that made it abundantly clear that we're, we were just meant for this. Like God orchestrated this mm-hmm. relationship. So I wasn't playing with it. And then, um, you know, we talked about us getting married uh, the a year after we met, which was August 12th. And and if we were to do that, you know, it would be a cool wedding, but it wouldn't be on the scale that I believe she deserved. Mm-hmm. So, you know, back then I would say yes to everything and I would be a borderline pushover people pleaser. So mm-hmm. I didn't know how to say, no, we should wait. So I said, OK, OK, let's do it. Let's do it. But then when it boiled down to it, I'm like, mm-hmm, we could do better. We could be more established. Let me get a better job. Let me get an apartment for us. Let me do this, that, and the other. And then we could get married and give you the wedding that you deserve. So, of course, that was tough to hear. And on my end, I should have said that from the get-go. But when I did say it, you know, God blessed it. Like, we was going to get married at a courthouse originally, have a reception at a YMCA. But when we waited, God blessed us financially. God blessed us with a you know a living situation with vehicles and with a beautiful wedding a beautiful reception somebody gave us a a, a crazy uh, hotel room at the at the Claritin in San Jose we went to Mexico for the honeymoon okay. and then 2 years before that we wouldn't be able to do none of that yeah you know and we had premarital counseling and like it was just it was perfect yes the way when we did it correctly mhm Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. That's a a testimony right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you guys just had a son in December, pandemic baby. Yes, yes, a pandemic baby, a 2020 baby. Yeah, he's gonna be something special. So we had our first son in 2016 and then our second son a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Right on. So how do you say God's presence looks like in your life personally, outside of the music, just personally? That's good. That's good. God's presence for me. Mm. I see God's fingerprints and involvement in every area of my life. You know what I mean? Because I I make it a point for me to let him into every area of my life, not just not just with my career or with my music. But I want to let him into to my marriage, to my family, and to the way I take care of my home, all of that. So God's presence in my life, like God, God leads me in, in little subtle ways. You know what I mean? It's so, so many coincidences in my life happen all the time. And I know it's God. You know, somebody said uh, coincidences, they, they call it a God wink. Mm-hmm. And even Einstein said, coincidences is God's way of remaining anonymous. Mm. You know what I mean? And and people, I have so many stories where, where God will come through with the most unrealistic type of ways. And people think I'm making it up and it's unbelievable. But no, like my faith level is is firm. And I think God sees my faith and then does certain things like even just to benefit me, not even sometimes huge miraculous things, but like 
yo, we we could go deep into this, but God, God is involved heavily in my life, and and I see it, I acknowledge it, you know. Right on. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then, let's talk about music. Um, how you got your music start? Well, you said Paramount, <laughs> Great America is. Yeah, that's that's like the the beginning <laughs> of the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did you get a little further into it? Where. You're like, okay, I can like really do this. Yeah, that's a really good question. So for me, um, after I was just freestyling, trying to become a rapper in general, uh, I started a rap group at my high school. And in my junior year, we participated in the talent competition and we won. We won and the performance went crazy. It was my first time performing ever. And everybody kept saying, you're a natural, you're a natural, you're a natural. And that's when I began to take it serious to where the next year I went solo from the group, did the competition again, and I won again, but with the gospel rap song. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because there was gospel rap judges for the talent show. And I said, if I'm going to win this song, let me tap into my church knowledge mm-hmm. and uh, you know do a little bit. But when I did this song, the whole school went crazy and it was like a landslide victory and the i felt god on it like you need to do this type of music this is what i've called you to so you know for a few years i would do local christian rap and then i put it to the side to pursue youth ministry because i thought that god wanted me to do that primarily Mm -hmm. so i was in youth ministry for five years until God was like, all right, I'm calling you back into music and I'm gonna bless it. So yeah, and here I am now. Okay, so I mean, going back to high school, so your junior year, you didn't perform a gospel song, but you were still in the church, so you had the knowledge. So the music that you were making, was it Christian based at all or did you just switch that up your senior year? So for the talent show, it was positive. Okay. It was conscious. It was called hate crimes. It was about haters and you trying to do better in life. Okay. But outside the talent show, I was in the streets doing street music. Okay. Like I was affiliated with the hottest gangster rappers in the Bay Area at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you were still in the church. But I was still in the church. Where- I was still in the church. Mm-hmm. Okay, were you were you kind of one foot in, one foot out, or were you like how, what was your mentality back then? That's the good question. So like, I am well. I what hmm, I was in a place that I see a lot of people in today. Okay, because it's like I knew God was real. I knew God had a plan for my life, and I was giving Him my church attendance, but I wasn't ready to give Him my passions and my dreams. Mm. I like you that. know him your church attendance but not your passions and your dreams okay yeah I wasn't ready to let it go because I felt like I knew better than him mm-hmm. so what I told God I said God I'm gonna get famous first mm-hmm. I'm gonna blow up first and then I'm gonna start doing Christian music <laughs> that's what you told God okay that's what I told God and I told all my friends like look this is what we gonna do <laughs> and God had different plans though Mm-hmm. Okay, but you weren't like living recklessly. You were just making music with these, the high you know, gangster rappers in the Bay. 
So I was my reckless peak was when I was 15, 16. But it started to break off of me. Okay. You know, the more and more I went to church. So I would be around these people, but I would start to pass up the blunts like, no, I'm good. Okay. I would start to not take the bottles and all of that. And it was crazy. Like the Lord, there was a war within me because I was the popular kid. I was the one gathering the people to go to parties and all of this. So imagine me walking down the street with 30 people mm-hmm. headed to a party in the front. And then I slowed down walking. And they all go to the front of the group and I just leave and go home. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit will be like, you cannot go to this party. What are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? I have a calling on your life. Like, go home. Yeah. So then my reputation was Miles is a cat. Miles is a flake. Mm. Like, not rocking no more. And uh, yeah, that's how it went for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you make this um, the gospel track senior year you win the talent show Mm -hmm. and what happens like how do you continue that momentum to be where you're at right now Mm -hmm. so it was it wasn't like so at that point i was like 60 percent okay god i'm all in with christian rap and 40 percent but there's some opportunities here yeah one of the hottest groups in the bay area at that time was dsb click and they wanted to sign me to their label And then there was this Christian label that wanted to sign me as well. So I'm working with both at the same time. Okay. (laughs) You know, both sides. Yes. Until the CEO of the secular label went to jail for killing his cousin. Oh, okay. And it, it crumbled. (laughs) Really? It crumbled after that? (laughs) It crumbled. It was not, it, it was not the same. It was not the same. And what's funny about even that, a year prior to that, I was going to sign to another secular label. Mm-hmm. But the CEO died. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, in that's... Oakland, in Oakland, he got shot. Oh my so it was like, label, no. Yeah. Label, no. And then here comes this Christian organization. And I just linked up with them. Mm-hmm. And we was doing high school shows and church shows. We was everywhere all the time doing the spoken word. And it just really shaped my gift uh, to give me the confidence to go forth in Christian music. Okay, right on. And made a video talking about how $8 saved your life. It changed my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How, how did it change your life? Mm-hmm. I like... I'm a real, real deep thinker and my faith is like radical most of the time. I went to Hollywood to do this performance, to do a rap show with my good friend, Proud Refuge. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to picture this. I'm working a secular job at this time, right? It's 40 hours a week. I have one day off in the middle of the week. So I worked Wednesday, off Thursday, worked Friday. Okay. The show was on a Thursday. Okay. So we said, let's just drive to LA, do the show, and drive back to get you to work. Okay. Which is insane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is insane. But we did it. And, you know, it was it was an interesting type of show because 
you have to sell tickets for this show and you get a percentage of the ticket proceeds based on how many people you you brought or whatever. Mm -hmm. And my name wasn't as big back then. So we sold maybe five tickets in L.A. Like so we earned eight dollars from doing this show, driving to L.A., performing on my day off and doing this show. I earned eight dollars. Wasn't even gas money. It wasn't even it was Kit Kat bar money. (laughs) So. (laughs) So. We took this $8. We said, God, we thank you for this $8. We thank you for this because we know where we're going is much greater than this. But as a seed of faith to show you that we appreciate it and that we have faith to believe that we're going higher, we're going to put this money on the altar. Now, there was a church down the street from this event that I watched all the time. Mm-hmm. But a uh, pastor, Teray Roberts and Sarah Jakes Roberts, Potter's um, House 1 L.A., Mm-hmm. They have a service every Thursday called Activate LA. Okay. We got there at the very end. Everybody was out, but I ran to that altar like, open the doors. I need I need to do this. Open the doors. I put the $8 on the altar. I just felt God heavy because I just felt like I was seeing my future, like, like even in LA and Hollywood and all of this stuff. And then the ministers prayed for me and I went out just in the spirit. And then I see on my Instagram that Reach Records signed a new artist. Mm-hmm. And our artist was Wande. Now, let me back up a little bit. The number eight in biblical numerology means new beginnings. Mm-hmm. So we sold it. And I just kept hearing new beginnings, new beginnings, new beginnings. And then I see this thing on my phone. When I see Wande get signed, like I'm fired up. Like, oh, my God. Like, for whatever reason, I connected with that. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is promotion. This is somebody whose life is being changed. And I feel like I'm going to have my life changed like that. I feel like God is going to do something similar in my life. Wow. Like, and I just put that energy in a bottle and I kept it with me to the point. Let me tell you, one month after that, my career started to explode in California. I could show you my bookings. It was like a scroll, like an ancient scroll you had to like read. And one month after that, I'm like, okay, God, my music career is taking off, but you gave me this job. And I don't want to quit this secular job again because I used to quit jobs all the time by faith, but it was premature. Yeah. So I don't want to quit this job again. We need you to do something, God, because you said it's my time for music, but you gave me this job. Mm -hmm. Make it make sense. So me and my wife prayed that at night, stressing, real pressed. And in the morning, one month after this Hollywood opportunity, the next morning when I prayed this prayer, I got fired from that job. Oh, well, there you go. That's God. (laughs) They fired me. And let me tell you, you want to talk about new beginnings? Yeah. Oh, my God. God was taking me all over the world. I was in London. I'm in L.A. in front of 3,000 people. They know the words to my songs. I'm getting booked and booked and booked in Atlanta, Texas, everywhere. And I wouldn't have been able to do any of it if I didn't get fired. Mm -hmm. Because God... God knew I wasn't going to quit again because I quit like four jobs thinking it was God telling me step out on faith. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was overzealous. But when I matured and said, okay, God, I'm going to submit everything to you and just work around it. He said, okay, now, boom. Wow. That's, that's another testimony right there. (laughs) Yeah. I need to tell it more. Yes, that's that's a good one. Okay. So, um, 
you're on fire. How did COVID affect your momentum? <laughs> Listen to me. On one hand, I was devastated. Because I told you about the ancient scroll, all the mm -hmm. bookings. All of them bookings was in 2020 as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, my year was set. I'm walking into the year, you know, walking on sunshine. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then COVID came. Yeah. I'm like, Lord Jesus, what are you doing? So cancel, 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 cancel. So it was tough for me. So when I started happening, we started to do virtual bookings. Mm. So I put it out there like, hey, I have an idea. Let me speak it to a youth group virtually. Let me perform virtually. So I would give bookings like that. Like it wasn't as consistent as the in-person bookings, but you know, it was it was pretty, it was pretty sustainable. But I would say. I benefited tremendously okay. from the pandemic as far as the ministry God has given me. Because, you know, a lot of people were, were um, you know, taking breaks and trying to be sensitive to the times, you know, George Floyd and all of these, all the chaos happening. They didn't want to promote themselves. Yeah. But I asked myself a question. I said, why do I do music? I do music in hopes that it'll bring people closer to God and make their lives better. Mm -hmm. But why wouldn't I do music, especially during this time? Right. Girl, let me tell you, I put my foot on the gas mm -hmm. and my fan base multiplied in the pandemic because okay. I would drop music video, music video, music video, music video, big collabs, challenges, multiple challenges. Like, so I took advantage of the silence. And that's why where I am today because because of that mindset. And you just came off of the invasion tour with Stephen Malcolm and One K Few. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about that tour. I mean, you, you yeah, dancing and smiling. So obviously, it was a good experience. This I'm smiling because because <laughs> I, I I'm able to trace things back. I really, I think about how things came to be, like from the root of it. I was on the invasion tour because I did a song with Monkey Few called Pluto. Mm -hmm. Pluto was not easy to get done. Okay, why is that? I was a, a, a small Christian rap artist, new, just got on Rapzilla. Some people knew who I was, but the industry at large had no idea who I was. Mm-hmm. I had to freaking penetrate the reach circle. I had to go through so many hoops, spend money on money. I got ghosted. I got, you know, all this kind of stuff. I had to fight. I had to fight to get this Pluto song done yeah. to the point of it was like taking a toll on me. But I knew God, God, had, I knew Pluto was going to change my life. So listen to me. Oh, my God. See, this this is this where we go with the coincidences. I'm breaking this right now. Okay. with you okay. because i never i've been trying to say this i didn't know how okay so i paid for the song with 1k for you the song was done but i'm the kind of person i like to take what god gives me and multiply it with music it looks like i'm not just gonna put out a song i want a video a challenge a skit all of that okay so i'm trying to go to atlanta to do the video but I'm debating on it. Should I do it? Should I not? Should I not do it? Should I do it? Should I not? So I'm praying about it, and I'm praying, and I'm praying. And then I get a call from Rapzilla saying, "We want to book you to come to Atlanta for the A3C Rapzilla Showcase." 
Okay. So I'm like, ooh, this would be perfect. This would be perfect for Pluto. So let me tell you, I go home, and this will sound crazy, but I have proof of this. I go home, I look at my phone, and it's 1.16 p.m. Okay. 1.16, right? Mm-hmm. And I look at my unread text messages. It was like 53 unread text messages. And I said, it would be crazy if this showcase is 53 days away from today. And it was. <laughs> okay. I screenshotted it. Proof. Mm-hmm. Right, proof. So I told my team, because, you know, Rapzilla said, we might get you on here, but we might not. Just, you know, just don't count on it. I told my team, I said, look, Rapzilla is going to book us to go to Atlanta. This is God. This is God. I need all y'all to buy y'all tickets. Everybody, buy your plane tickets now. We all bought our tickets. Then we go to LA the next weekend. We get the call. Hey, your book is good. Like I told y'all, I told y'all this is God. <laughs> I told y'all. So then we go to Atlanta. I'm searching the whole city for 1K few because, you know, they were unresponsive in the email. And I was trying to do a video in Atlanta while I'm out there. Yeah. I'm like, have you seen 1K? Have you seen him? Have you seen him? Have you seen him? I'm fighting. And then at the end, the very end of the weekend, when I searched the whole city for him, he comes out on the last song mm-hmm. as a special guest to do How We Coming with What Up RG. And I'm rejoicing. And I bombard, flex, bogard my way backstage. I'm like, 1K few. And he didn't even know who I was for real because he does features all the time. I'm like, look, it's me. We did the Pluto joint. Look, I'm trying to do a video. I got $500 for you right now. Let's do this video. And then he gave me his manager's information. And then we were able to make it happen um, in December, um, two months after that. And even that was like, I had to raise a certain amount of money. I had to like really like grind. I had to grind for this. Yeah. Even the day of. So when I did it, I just knew it was God. And even after we did the video, the song got leaked. People were, it was fine. It was so much to go on with this. Like, sis, I'm telling you, I had to go through hell yeah. to get Pluto out. And that's how I knew it was going to change my life. So listen, I dropped Pluto. It goes crazy. The fans love it. But then the leader of the Invasion Tour mm-hmm. hit me up and said, you know, I've been listening to your music and I've been very interested in getting you on these tours. But it wasn't until I heard Pluto. Right. That convinced me, okay, I need to get this guy on the tour. Okay. So if I wouldn't have fought so hard, yo. As hard as I had to fight and all the and oh my gosh. <laughs> I spent money, I spent time, I got on planes and all of that. And now me and few was that's my guy. Like we you feel me? Like we talk all the time. Like that's the homie. But there there was there was a process I had to go through. Um so now the invasion tour last month, it went up. Mm-hmm. It was up. I mean, I had fans in every single city, you know, and 1K Few brought me out on his set every night to do Pluto. Right on. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, like, this is a song that almost didn't happen. Yeah. And now I'm being brought out on his platform. One of the top young yeah. Christian rappers in the genre. And it was, it's just crazy to see how God works, you know? That's beautiful. And you were able to go back home to the Bay Area with the tour as well. So how was that homecoming? Let me tell you, I'm not being biased. The Bay Area tour stop was the greatest tour stop. 
I say the greatest in terms of turnout and energy, all of that. It was hundreds of people. And let me tell you this. California is COVID conscious. Yeah. You notice. Know yeah. We have the governor, you know what I'm saying, shutting everything down. Mm -hmm. But the Bay Area showed up. And it was a moment for me because I really don't do shows out here because the Christian rap scene out here is not as big as it could be. Yeah. So to see that was everything for me. And the venue was spectacular. And um, even the owners of the venue said, we want you to come back and do a show here whenever you want to for free. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look but it was everything to me. That's awesome. That's cool, man. Wait, mm -hmm. I'm trying to do, I'm doing an interview. I'm sorry. Hold on. My grandma. Yeah, you good. Um, grandma, I'm trying to do this interview, okay? Just like mm, 10, 10 more minutes. Who, it's not like you know who he is. Miles. Miles Minnick. <laughs> okay, grandma. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Miles. Miles Minnick. That's 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 is that, oh that yee yee kid? Oh my god. That yee yee kid. Is it the yee? <laughs> yee. Okay. Yee. Miles, is that, that that's you? Oh Miles, my grandbaby be playing that that yee song with that that one yell. That one, yeah, okay, okay. One, one day, I think. I think one, one day, okay, mm. my bad. Uh, okay, Miles, Miles Minnick. You know, Minnick, I know some Minnicks. Ain't too many Minnicks. Yeah. Uh, where your people's from, Miles? You know, the name is from Germany. My dad, my dad is German. Oh, oh, you, any relation to, to Cheryl, Cheryl Minnick down Louisiana? There's some Creoles down in Louisiana with that with the Minnick last name. You Creole, right? No, no, no. Mm -mm. I don't believe I know a Cheryl Minnick. Oh, I gotta okay. look her up. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. No, all right. So, so Miles Minnick, the the Yee Yee. Okay, you would you mind singing some of that some of that Yee for me? You know, I got to get my little aerobics and my my blood flowing going. Okay. Yeah, it's all on me. It's all on me. I got that yeah, all and all on me. It's all on me. It's all on me. Okay. All and all. It's yeah. all like this. Pew, 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 pew. Hey. Oh. Oh. Like this. <laughs> 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 My eyes, 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 eyes a little tired now. I think I need to go lay down, take me a little nap. <laughs> Whew. But thank you for doing that, ye. And uh, so you go ahead and go on and talk to my grandbaby. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Gay Lika, he he ready for you, girl. He ready for you now. <laughs> All right, gra Grandma, go take a nap, okay? <laughs> Grandma, get you some rest. <sighs> Your grandma, hega cool. Thank, thank you, thank you. You know, she's a hundred and seven years old. <laughs> but uh, if she's going hard like that. I'm here for it. And that's why she's tired. She got to take a take a little break now. Uh, <laughs> but I appreciate you doing ye. 
featuring Wande. Um, cause that, that kind of rolls into the four song breakdown that I like to do. Mm. Um, so why, cause you, you talked about earlier seeing that Wande got signed to one, one six or to reach records. Mm -hmm. And now you got a song with Wande. Mm. Was that intentional to, to do ye with her? So I always knew that me and Wande would link up. Even when the Unashamed tour came to the Bay Area. Um, and you know, I tagged all of them. I did this big post like, 116, welcome to the Bay. Yo, hit me up. You need good food spots. You need da -da 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 -da. like I'm over here trying to like really get their attention, you know. <laughs> and she was the only one that responded. Okay. You know, we, we didn't really link up, but I was like, wow, she hecka cool. And I feel like we going to make history together somehow. So then I go to Atlanta with Hovey to do the show out music video. And right before that, Lecrae shouted me out on Instagram. And Wande tagged me in the mm. post. And then she followed me. This was last year. And then... I was like, okay, uh, well, this is dope. So mm -hmm. I DM'd her. I said, look, I'm coming to Atlanta to do a shoot with Hovey. Pop out, pull up on us. To see what she would say. I thought she was going to say, no, I'm busy. Yeah. She pulled up. Okay. She pulled up. Her and her her best friend, Nage, pulled up. And we just, we clicked. She was in the video. And then she was a judge for the WIT challenge. And then, you know, at first, the prize for the challenge winner was going to be to get on the remix with all the judges. Mm. John Keith, Wande, Dilly, and me. Okay. But I said, you know what? Scratch that, Wande. Let's do our own song. Mm. And she was with it. And, and yeah, we here now, so. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then Glow Time. Um, do you mind, do you have like a, a verse that you wouldn't mind rapping or discussing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. The second one, the second one. I said, uh, yes, I've been predestined, but I was still rejected. Way before Rapzilla said I was a freshman, I was still invested, but now it's manifested. I just had to claim it before it came in my possession. And they say I'm wilding with gold, but I don't do it for the style of the clothes. I don't see a crowd, I see souls. You ain't know I was a youth pastor before this. Now I'm making sure that people master the chorus. Now I'm about to go in, go in. Stop throwing shade and let the glow in, glow in. See us in the building like it snowed in. Jesus kicked the dough in. Now Pluto not the only place we going. God told me go and everybody told me no. Now I'm lighting up the bay like tell me want to glow. Got a radiant approach. I'm an alien of folks going crazier than most. Do it daily in the shows. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So I could break down like key parts of that if you want me to. Yeah, please do. Yeah, so... um. So at the beginning, I said I was um, I was predestined, but I was still rejected. Like I, I been felt like I was caught for this, but nobody else seen it, mm -hmm. you know. And this is way before Rapzilla said I was a freshman, but I was still invested and now was manifested. I just had to claim it before it came in my possession. So basically, I'm just saying I spoke it. I believed it. I knew it before anybody else knew it. Before Rapzilla gave me a call something for anything, I knew I was called to this. And then they say I'm wilding with gold, 
Don't do it for the style of the clothes. A lot of people took offense to me wearing gold teeth in the show out music video. Like, oh, look at him flexing. He's stunting. Da -da 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 -da. But I'm not trying to flex or stunt. I just, I'm from the Bay. Yeah. Sometimes I have Bay Area tendencies. Yeah. It's not yeah. really nothing, you know. Part of the like, culture. Yeah, it's the culture. And then um, I said, I don't see a crowd. I see souls. I think I have an advantage because I was a youth pastor before becoming a Christian rapper full time. Yeah. And a lot of people do it the other way. They yeah. become Christian rappers first and then become youth pastors. Mm -hmm. But I have the ministry heart and intent now because I was a youth pastor. So I put that same energy into the music. Mm -hmm. So when I'm doing a show, I don't just see heck of fans and just people. I see individual souls that God wants to reach. Yeah. And even with social media, like I try to take time to talk to everybody. It could be taxing, but I try to do my best, yeah. you know, because everybody's important. Um, don't do it for a crowd. I see. So you don't know I was a youth pastor before this. Now I'm making sure that people master the chorus. And um, then fast forward to the end. God told me go when everybody told me no. Now I'm lighting up the bay like tell me when to glow. Yeah. You know, tell me where to go yeah. is that. Yeah. Yes. Um, got a radiant approach. I'm an alien of folks. I'm different. Um, going crazier than most, do it daily in the shows. So I just, that verse really tells a big story in a short amount of time. It does. And then let's do Show Out featuring Holby. That's my favorite Miles Minnick song. I love that song. <laughs> I love that song. Um, whoo, okay, okay, I said a lot in that mug too. So, my team shine glow, my knee blindfold, high key, I'm on, can't leave my zone. Wordsmith prestige, first kid 15. Had first kid at 15. Mm -hmm. No hope, it seems, still hold big dreams. So, as a 15 year old father, oh, you can't go to college, you gotta get a job, you gotta do this, da -da 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 -da. but even with my situation. I knew God had greater for me. Mm -hmm. So no hope. It seems to hold big dreams. I refuse to settle. I want real change. Even in the UK, it's still gang. I went to London for a week. Okay. And we was my, oh my God. It was incredible. God showed up in crazy ways in London. Yeah. And then I said, sick of interviews. Somehow I still came for the last time. Miles Minnick is the real name. <laughs> so around that time, Everybody was like, is Miles Minnick your real name? That's your stage name. That's not your real name, huh, son? <laughs> no, nah, it's my real name. It's my real name. And I really wasn't sick of interviews because I love doing interviews, but it just sounded cool to put it right there. It just sounded right. Yeah. <laughs> then I said, I don't got a front. I don't got a stunt. Slide through your church. We going to turn that thing up. Hit the smees with the team. And I'm trying to show the pastor on the under. He going to ask me how to do it after. So... My whole reputation is like, we going to turn up. Mm -hmm. like if you book me at your church, it's going up. <laughs> and then hit the smeeze with the team. I'm trying to show the pastor. It's like, hey, let me show me how to do that dance right there. Show me how to do that little smeeze right there. Show me how to do this smeeze. Like, it's been ministers. Like, how you do that right there? How you do that? <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, up where we headed. My soul got the glow embedded. We taking over, I bet it. I'm going to see it because I said it. It's all about faith. Like, a lot of my songs demonstrate my faith. I'm going to see it because I said it. 
And if we don't, I'll admit it, but I can't see it's not winning. Mm-hmm. It's back-to-back never ending. Got an unlimited engine. I'm going <laughs> to show out. So that part is like, okay, if we don't take over, I'll admit it, but I can't see it's not winning. Yeah. I can't because, you know, it's impossible to please God without faith. So with faith, you can please God. And when you please your parents, they're more apt to support you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I be, it's, it's faith and I'm trying to make strategic moves over and over, over and over again, you know? <laughs> And back to back, never ending, got an unlimited engine. A lot of people know me from my Bay Area grind, my grit, my let me go out and get it. Let me do this. And so that's my engine. That's where I get my engine from, from God and from my area, you mm-hmm. know, so I'm a glow for it. Right on. Go out. <laughs> and then last song, um, WIT with No Big Deal. You know, this is good stuff. I never really, I'm always saying something, but nobody really knows what I'm saying until I talk about it. So I came in, but you thought I was falling off and you took it as a joke. Miles Minnick, a little gimmick. You took it as a hoax. Now you see me on Instagram getting a shout out by the goat. You thought Pluto was my limit. That ain't even coming close. So I felt like there was some people doubting me and thinking that it was a fluke that I had a hit song with 1k few they thought that was my end mm-hmm. right and now I'm getting shouted out by the goat it's like Lecrae is on YouTube and Instagram shouting me out like y'all don't see what God is doing and you thought Pluto was as far as I was gonna go mm-hmm. that's not even coming close and coincidentally you know WIT has superseded Pluto tremendously mm-hmm. in, within a month yeah. or two and then I said, I've been at it. It's automatic embedded in my soul. I knew I had it. I just had to stack in and invest it in my goals. I knew I had a gift. I knew I had a calling on my life. I just had to put my money where my mouth is. And then I said, what you know about pouring out your account for your dream? I was broke in Atlanta. I had to lean on my team. Please don't be fooled by the gleam. So when I say I was broke in Atlanta, <laughs> I'm talking about the Pluto music video situation. Mm-hmm. Like, like I couldn't pay for everything that was required. Yeah. So my team and I came together. Cause I spent money on flights, spent money on the front end. I didn't like, I wasn't well learned with business. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God. So my team came together and we made it happen. Then I said, West on my back. Like it's tatted on me. Covered by the blood, like six nine ratted on me. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the West is on my back. Like now, I'm not shy about it no more. I'm making it a mission. Like there's not many West Coast Christian rappers with the sound. Yeah. So like I'm diving into that. Then I said, blessings keep on falling. Think it splattered on me. I be going dumb on the ones that be catting on me. So a lot of people don't know. Cadden out here is like like you flaking. Why are you mm-hmm. catting on me? Are you a cat? Like, come on, you catting off. So um, and then Dilly come in. So what did you think? Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, that beat goes so hard. Thank you. Workout song too. Hey. Um so how would you say God's presence looks like in your life musically? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like God is my manager. 
Right. I feel like God is my manager. And some of my greatest ideas came from me spending time with God. God changed my career a few months ago before show out dropped. Okay. Let me let me just this real real brief story. Usually on release week, I'm dropping content every day of the week. Mm-hmm. But on this particular week for show out, I was pressed. I was overwhelmed. I needed to take a break, but I didn't know how to. I couldn't. I'm the kind of person I gotta work. I gotta work. But wifey was like, take this day, spend it with God, trust him that he could do more with the four days instead of the whole five. Mm-hmm. So I took the Monday off and by me just listening to God, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? He changed everything. Like when I tell you I'm just worshiping, thinking and listening, because a lot of people talk to God, but they don't listen. Yeah. I listen and God says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to create a narrative around your rollouts for show out. I want you to act like somebody leaked the song. Mm. And I want you to tell all of your fans to go to their IG story and, and, um, you know, pretend like they found the song and create like a, a mystery investigation. And we built it from there. And let me tell you, the rollout for show out went ballistic all over the genre. Okay. And then even, even after that, I did the where's we did the where's one day one last week. And but for WIT, we did Dilly Not from the Sticks. I went to my IG story and I said, listen, Christian rap genre, I'm giving Dilly six hours to reveal to us where he's really from. I'm going to expose him. I need I need you to tell everybody you know that Dilly is not from the sticks. <laughs> so everybody on their IG story is going crazy, 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 crazy. So and it's stuff like that. Like I know God gave me that. Like mm-hmm. it's it's genius level ideas that did not come from me. My DMs be flooded. Like bro, you're a genius. Can you help me? You're a genius. You're a, how do you do this? How do you do? This? I'm like it literally came from God. So a lot of people just want to lean on you know what they've been doing. Or they want to lean on their own expertise. But for me, I try to hone in. Like, God, what do you want me to do with this? What do you want me to do? What mm-hmm. do you want me to do? Because sometimes God will bless you not with a material or something materialized. He'll bless you with an idea. Right. And, you know, I think God, God gives a lot of people ideas and they don't act on it. So then he gives it to somebody else. So I want to be the kind of person that takes everything God gives me and multiplies it. You feel me? I feel you for sure. Right on. Okay. My final question, now that you've gone through this whole interview process, who would you like to see me interview? Anyone that you know who's like testimony you would like for others to hear? I want to see you interview Montel Fish or Swayze. Okay. I'm working on Montel Fish. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> almost had him and then he ended up like moving or something but mm. Swayze I don't know who Swayze is S-W-A-Z-Y S-W-A-I-Z-Y okay I'm gonna have to look into Swayze why did you select Swayze he's popping he's okay. like the, the new young artist out of Georgia okay cool 
All right. Well, I appreciate you for taking the time to sit down and talk with me, Miles. Mm -hmm. Yo, thank you for this. This was this is like a top interview for me. Right. I really enjoyed it for real. Well, if it's a top interview, make sure you share it when we post it. Oh, it's good. It's good. I'm good about that for sure. Okay. Hey, what's up? Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for watching the show. However you consume us, thank you. Please subscribe to the show. And if you really enjoy the content, please leave a review. It really does help with the ranking of the show. And if you want to go an extra mile, share the show, share this episode. And for all things testimony, visit testimonystories.com. Until next time, I'm Gilika Brown, the music lover constantly seeking positive music.